Bible, shall we, to Revelation 22. Wow, uh, what a presentation and, and what a great worship service we had a moment ago and a worship time and we want to continue in that and let the Lord, as he has opened up the heavens now, uh, meet with us in a very special and meaningful way. So I hope that you remember to set your clocks forward and uh, it's going to be nice to have a little more light at the end of the day. And, uh, and, and what's exciting about Revelation 22 is we find out that there is no night in heaven. Amen? It's all daylight time. And, uh, and it's exciting. We'll see that in just a moment. Well, you know, there's something that I'm not really good at. And that is, uh, I struggle with this. I really do. I struggle with patience. I, do. I want to be patient. And yet I'm, I'm the kind of person, maybe there are some people like this in the building, like, like, like me. In the sense that you, you want things to happen now. You, you know, you don't really want to wait. Let, let's get it done. If it needs to be done, let's, let's get it done. And so I, I struggle with patience. But you know, there's a few things I found in Scripture. One in particular this morning that God says we can be impatient about. Amen? That's good for me. Because a guy that struggles with patience... It's looking for some things that God says it's okay to be impatient about. God wants us to be impatient about the return of Christ. He wants us to be. This is the final chapter of the book of Revelation. And in this chapter, there are four times in one chapter where God passionately says, here's my heart cry, here's what I want your heart cry to be, and that is this. Look at verse 7. Do you see it there? He says, behold, I come quickly. In some translations, it says soon instead of quickly. Same thing, same meaning, soon or quickly, no different. But I like that word soon this morning because of the song soon and very soon. Behold, I come soon. Behold, I come quickly. He says that in verse 12. If you look just a few verses down, since you're there in the text, he says, behold, again, I come quickly. Second time. I come quickly. I'm coming soon. Verse 17, the Spirit, look at it. Verse 17, a few verses later. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Verse 20, same chapter, fourth time. In the same chapter, behold, I come quickly. So if you, like me, feel in your heart, it's just not soon enough. I can't wait. I, I just can't wait. I want, I, I, this world is not my home. I just can't wait, God. I'm impatient. Would you come? God says, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's a good thing when you and I feel impatient about the return of Christ. It can't come soon enough. He actually wants us to feel that way. Let me give you three things real quickly just in, in, in uh, introduction to the, to the sermon, to the, to the chapter here. Three things, three attitudes we ought to have a return in regards rather to the return of Christ. Number one, I want you to see it in scripture. He says, first of all, we ought to be looking for the return of Christ. We ought to be looking for it. Revelation 22, the last chapter in the last book of the Bible, is speaking about one thing. It's speaking about the return of Christ. It's, it's teaching us, it's telling us there is something that's going to happen soon and very soon. Jesus is coming and you and I ought to be looking for it. Titus chapter 2 verse 13 says, looking for that blessed hope. 
looking. And the glorious appearing, looking for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We ought to be looking for that. We ought to be gazing in the heavens. God, open up the heavens. That's what that song is all about. Why do we want God to open the heavens? Why? So we can see him. God, we want to see you. Open up the heavens, God. It can't come soon enough when you finally open up the heavens and come. Lord Jesus, come. Number two, Scripture says we ought to be longing for it. Impatiently longing. I mean, God, come, Lord Jesus. Second Timothy uh, chapter number, what is it? Uh, no, Second Corinthians 5, 2. Thank you for in this tent we groan. Longing, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. Longing in this tent, in this body we groan. Can I tell you something? I am ready to get rid of this dump. Man, this old body is just worthless. I'm telling you, man, I can't wait to get a glorified body. How many of you have a doctor's appointment in the next month you wish you didn't have? Okay, we got one. Anybody else? Two. Good. Thank you. Three, four. Okay, we got a few of us. Guess what? One day, no doctors, no aches, no arthritis, no pain in this tent. It's like, oh. I mean, 6 o'clock this morning, the alarm went off. It was really 5, right? It's like, Lord, really? I mean, I mean, and God says, listen, long. One day, you're getting rid of the dump. And one day, you're going to get your glorified body. Long for that. And when does that come? When he comes. Scripture says we ought to thirdly love it. We'd be loving his coming, just loving it, man. Look at 2 Timothy, or rather look on the screen at 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Which day? The day he comes. And not to me only, but unto all them also. That what? Love. So number one, we ought to be looking for it. Number two, we ought to be longing for it. Number three, we ought to be loving it. I, I, I can't wait. I am so excited about Jesus coming again. I love it. I can't wait. Now, Ken, I want you to go ahead now and put up Second Peter for just a moment. I want you to read the verses that we have really laid as a foundation for the book of Revelation. Everything we've been teaching. Church, if you don't get this verse, you're lost in all of this truth. You, you, you cannot find your way without understanding this truth. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. There's going to be a new heaven, new earth, remember that? And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So there's the description of everything we have now. Going to burn. Going to burn up. Seeing then. That all these things shall be dissolved. Here it is. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? That's it, folks. The truth of the matter is, is we are looking and longing and loving his appearing. More than likely, those that are doing that are doing this. They are realizing that the time is short. 
and, and, and life is short and there's not much time left to live and long and love his appearing. Are you ready for Jesus to come back? Jesus says, don't love anything more than you love the possibility that today might be the last day we get to, to live in this world. Heaven's going to be awesome, amen? Is heaven going to be awesome or what? Heaven is going to be an awesome place. Let me give you four reasons to say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Four reasons. Are you ready? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Let me give you these four reasons straight out of the Word of God. Revelation 22. Let's just go through it. And, and I think God will bless you so much for this. Please listen. Number one, come, Lord Jesus, come. Heaven is my home. Come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. First reason we ought to say that in Revelation 22 is this. Heaven is my home. Look at verse 1. Revelation chapter 22. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Think with me for just a moment, church, about this picture. Would you just for a moment, in a minute, I'm going to put a picture on the screen in just a moment, not yet. And I'm going to put a picture on the screen of the best picture that I could find on all of the internet, I mean, it, it, you know, I looked everywhere for a long time to try to find something, and I, there were thousands of pictures. But I thought, you know, I wonder if I could find one picture that might show just a glimpse. Point oh 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 one percent, and I didn't do enough O's because I don't have time. I mean, this is this is going to be such a a a meager attempt when I show you this picture in just a minute. But before I show you the picture, I want you to think about the verse. John says, he showed me a pure river of water of life. It's clear as crystal and it's coming out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Think about that. Throne of God and of the Lamb. Where does Jesus sit right now? At the right hand of the Father, whenever you see the word lamb, it just, it reminds us of the fact that Jesus shed his blood. He was as a lamb to the slaughter for us. He's the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So there's God and there's the lamb. There's Jesus sitting on a throne. Look at verse 2. In the midst of the street of it, this clear crystal Water, this stream, this river of water in the midst of the street and on either side of the river was the tree of life. It bare 12 manner of fruits and yielded the fruit, her fruit every month. So we've got these trees, you've got this river of life, this river of water. It's clear as crystal and on both sides. Okay, you drive down Grand Avenue, right? And, and, and you, you come down Grand Avenue one way from Little Rock, right? And, or you go out of Grand Avenue towards Little Rock. You know what I'm talking about? And in between Grand Avenue is what? Grass. Just this grass. It's like in between these two roads, which are pavement with potholes. So heaven, gold streets in the midst 
in the midst of the gold street is a, a, a river, a pure river, clear as crystal. And there's the tree of life bearing 12 manner of fruit. All right, here's the best I could do. It's the best I could find. I looked forever. And I thought, not bad. You see the river? Clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God. You see the throne? It's not a very good picture, but it's the best we can do. You see the golden streets on either side of the river? Church, does this not get you a little bit excited? This beats Grand Avenue. No longer will we deal with red lights and green lights and potholes. And this is heaven. This is where you're going to be in just a few years, maybe today. Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Heaven is my home. It's my home. And soon and very soon. Look at verse number two. It talks about. The tree of life, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. I studied that out and found so many different thoughts. And I liked all of them. But I thought maybe the greatest thought that I studied was the fact that the healing of the nations. The fact that there'll be no racial diversity in heaven. There'll be no prejudice in heaven. There'll be no hatred in heaven. There'll be no I'm better than you and, or, or any of that stuff in heaven. The truth of the matter is, is what gets us together is so much greater than what the world says separates us. Do you know what I've learned about the pastor's gatherings in Hot Springs? Is that what I was allowing to separate us was not Jesus, because we have Jesus in common. It wasn't the gospel, because all these guys believe that I pray with on Thursdays. They all believe that you get saved by grace through faith. Some of them believe a little different about like the baptism thing. Some of them believe a little bit different about uh, certain fruits of the Spirit or, or, or the Holy Spirit. Maybe just a little bit different of how they would express them. I mean, there's differences, yes. But, but what separates us is so small in comparison to what we have in common. And I believe what Jesus is saying here is in heaven, this tree of life is for the healing of the nations. It just says, listen, we are one. If you are saved, you are a child of the king. And everybody else who is saved is your brother or your sister. And what separates you is not all that important. Look at verse number four, three. And there shall be no more curse. No more curse. Nothing accursed in heaven. No empty whiskey bottles in heaven. None. The other day I'm walking home from the church. I, I walk home a lot or walk to church, walk home. And I got to our house and in my yard was an empty whiskey bottle. And I thought, I, I, I just can't imagine you. Somebody who's walking by and just finished it and dropped it in our yard. Or maybe somebody was having a little fun and threw it in the pastor's yard, you know. I have no idea. It doesn't really matter. It's no big deal. Truth is, there'll be no whiskey bottles in heaven. I wasn't so upset about the whiskey bottle being in my yard as I was the fact that the poor soul who drank the whiskey, how miserable he must be. No empty pill bottles of prescribed legal escape in heaven. 
No pornography in heaven. No gambling. That is accursed in heaven. No strip bars in heaven. No nicotine in heaven. No, nothing accursed in heaven. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. The throne of God shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Or another great word there, another great translation is worship him. Serve him or worship him. I want you to write this statement. It's a great statement, and it's this. God, according to that verse, the Lamb of God, the the throne is in it. We are in it, and, and his servants are in it. We're serving God in heaven. God in his right place. And me in mine equals joy for all eternity. God in his right place. Look at verse 3 and think about that. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. God is on the throne. He is in heaven. And his servants shall serve or worship him. God in his right place. And I in mine equals joy for all eternity. Do you know for sure that you will be there? Because if you do know, listen, church, there's going to be joy for all eternity. Look at verse 4. I don't know how to read this one. I just don't know how to do it. Because I can't, I can't fathom it. And they, and they shall see his face. There's something intimate about a face. When I got home last night, I was gone since Tuesday, went to a basketball tournament with the Tigers. And when I got home, I didn't want to see my wife's arm. I didn't want to see her hand. I want to see her face. When I got home, I wanted to see her face, and I want to say, thank you. When I got to bed last night, Glorianne goes to bed before everybody else. Says, Chloe jumped into my arms first thing. I mean, I'm holding her. She's all wrapped around me and kissing me. And Don't ever stop doing that, sweetheart, even when you're like 50. Please, if, if you could just do that, it would make my life. Unless Jesus comes back. That's, that, then, but it, until then, just jump at 50 into my arms. And she kissed my face. Last night, I got home. I got to my bedroom. And I hadn't seen Glorianne yet. Because she goes to sleep early, you know. And so, the lights were off. And I wanted to see her face. I just wanted to see Glorianne's face. I, I missed her face for five days. I missed my Glorianne's face. So I turned the lights on. And I got right close to her face. And I kissed her. Faces. I, I, I got some pictures. Here's our, uh, you know, baby faces are so cute. There's Mo. What do you think? There's Mo, the guy that was standing up here. Where has that face gone? All right, here's Joe. Oh, look at that, huh? What a face. You know, the, the face. Don't you just want to kiss that face? Look, look at Zoe. Oh, man. <laughs> we called Zoe Baby Buddha. Let me tell you something, Zoe. I kissed those cheeks, literally, 
a million times. A day. I mean, it was just like I couldn't get enough of those cheeks. Here's Chloe. Oh, what a face. A little girl up here worshiping the Lord. That's that, the face that jumped in my arms and kissed me last night. That's the face of Chloe. And then here's Glorianne, the face I kissed last night. There she is. Sweet Glorianne. Thanks, Ken. And they shall see his face. God. It's overwhelming, isn't it? We're going to see him face to face. I mean, I've seen the movies. I've seen what they say he looks like. But I'm going to see him. Soon. I'm going to see his face. What does that do for you? If you were to meditate on that for just a little while, does it do anything for you to know that one day you'll see his face and you'll kiss his face? The one who died for you, the one for whom we've sung about this morning with all of our hearts at the top of my lungs. I will sing hallelujah. You're the one that I love. I'm not talking about five days after a basketball trip. I'm talking about after 50 years. And then we'll see his face. And his name shall be in our foreheads. I belong to Jesus. I belong to him. Look at verse 5. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Heaven is my home and there shall be no night there. Hallelujah. No need, no need of a candle, neither the light of the sun. No night there, no darkness, no storm clouds, no clicks or clubs, no secrets, everything always in the light. You won't check your weather app in heaven. You won't say, I wonder what today's going to, I wonder what the weather's like, I wonder if it's going to be, no, no, hey, for the next three days it's going to be what? Cloudy, right? Have you noticed that? It's going to be gloomy for the next few days. It's supposed to be raining by the time we get out of church. Supposed to be 30%, 40%. Like yesterday it was 100, now it's 30. It's crazy. In heaven, always predictable. Always perfect weather. Always perfect light. No night, no secrets in heaven. I love it. Verse 7 or verse 6. And he said, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his things, servant the things which must soon Shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings and prophecy of this book. Heaven. Church, can I say this? Every time that I read, study, or preach on heaven, it just makes me want it more. It just makes me want it more. Every time I read, study, or preach on heaven, it just makes me want it more. This world is not my home. I picked out a couple of songs. One old. I thought I'd try to relate to both sides of the fence this morning. Here's a good old little bluegrass for you. Hey, Dave, play, play this old song here. See what you think. A little bluegrass here. Thomas, you this like this? world is not my home. I'm just a passing. Come on now. You like that? My treasures and my hope is placed beyond the blue. Woo! Come on now. Many friends and kindred have gone on before. And I can't feel at home. 
world anymore. You like that, Shirley? Isn't that good? Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, oh, Lord, what will I do? Angels begging me to heaven's open door. Somebody's liking this, I know it. Feel at home in this world anymore. I can't feel at home in this world anymore, Natasha. I can't do it. This world in my home. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Heaven is my home. I hardly do a funeral. Dave, go ahead and start it. I hardly do a funeral where I don't hear this song. It's got to be one of the greatest newer songs. Top ten, what we call contemporary Christian songs ever written. I love this song. I can only imagine what it will be like. When I walk by your side, I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. Think about these words. Think about it. Listen. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come. Does that make you want heaven? I mean, listen, hey, I'm okay with skipping lunch if Jesus wants to come. Because the food in heaven's going to be better. The scenery in heaven's going to be better. I finally get to see his face. Number two. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Heaven is my home. Come, Lord Jesus, come. The world is getting worse. Not just how good it's going to be there, but how bad is it getting here, church? How bad is it getting? Look at verse 8. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and seen, and I fell down and, and, and to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. John makes another stupid mistake. He falls down and worships at the angel's feet. Sometime, go ahead and read Revelation 19.10. Mark it in the margin of your Bible. This is the second time John made this mistake. He got corrected in verse number 9. Look at it. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not. Don't bow down and worship at my feet. For I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Next two words. Worship God. Don't worship me. Don't fall down and worship. Worship God. Can I say this this morning? We're not seeing too many worship God today. There's not many worshiping God in this world today. Oh, this world is a mess. Abortion. Alcohol. Sex trafficking. Human trafficking. Primetime television. The stuff that's paraded over our televisions in our homes. It's absolutely disgusting. This world has gone mad. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Why, preacher? Because the world's getting so worse. It's getting bad. 
People don't seem to care. They just keep doing worse stuff. It just keeps getting more and more worse. People just keep killing one another and killing each other and and cursing each other. The world is just a mess. Look at verse 9. Or excuse me, verse, uh, verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. That threw me. First of all, I've never seen a verse in the Bible like that. I've, I've never, I mean, what do you do with that? Anybody got an interpretation of that one, you know? The Bible says, okay, go ahead. You want to do evil? Have at it. You, you want to do sin? Have at it. Go ahead. He that is unjust, let it be he, Filthy? Want to be filthy? Want to curse? Want to have sex with anybody and everybody and all kinds of different crazy things? Go ahead. Want to travel, throw your porn all over the internet? Hey, let him that sells porn sell it still. Go ahead. So I meditated on that a while. Only I come up with was when I was a little kid at my papa's house in New Orleans, and I'd be acting up, and papa just would say. All right. Just keep going. All right, keep messing around. You don't want to listen? Okay, go ahead. Okay, your dad's coming home. I'll tell him. Go ahead, just keep going. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead, keep, keep, keep messing up the house. Keep, go ahead. Jesus is coming. And the unjust and the evil and all those that are doing whatever they want to do... God will have the last word. And so I think finally God just says, you know what? If you're going to do what you want to do, go ahead and do it. But notice the next part of the verse. Notice the next part. But let him that is righteous be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. If you know what's right, keep doing it. Keep, keep doing it. Hang in there. Don't give up. I hear Christians sometimes say, what's the use? No. No. Keep doing right. Keep living for Jesus. He's coming soon. Preacher, this world's getting so bad. Sometimes I wonder, maybe we just ought to throw in the... No! Let him that is righteous be righteous still. Let him that is holy be holy still. It's worth it. It's going to be worth it. Live for Jesus. Do what's right. If you know to do right, do right. How many agree with this statement, the world is getting worse? I thought so. I don't think I have to give you any statistics to prove that, do I? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Heaven is my home. The world is getting worse. Thirdly, hearts are getting hard. Hearts are getting hard. How many times have I preached? I feel like I've preached, even recently, just preach, 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 preach your heart out. And you just, sometimes you wonder, you know. Is anybody hearing it? Is anybody getting it? We just so hard, you know, that it's just, yeah, I've been in this church for 20 years. All right, another, another good sermon, Brother Eric. Yeah, we laughed a little. We, you cried a little. Congratulations. I'm sure you planned that, Brother Eric. Made the sermon better. There's another sermon. Who's playing today on TV? What are we eating for lunch? Hearts are getting hard. 
even in the church. Look at verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. In other words, blessed are they who are saved. Blessed are they whose robes are washed by the blood of the Lamb. Those people have right to enter into heaven. Blessed are they. Quickly, this is just one of seven Beatitudes of Revelation. Let me give you the other references real quickly. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. So blessed is the one that reads the book of Revelation. That's the first beatitude of the book, Revelation 14, 13. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Lord, that they may rest from their labors, that their works do follow them. So blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Blessed are those who know they're saved. Revelation 16, 15. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments. Blessed is he that really watches and and, and waits on the Lord and keeps himself clean and doesn't get involved in the world and knows to do what's right and keeps doing what's right. Blessed is that person. Blessed, number 19, verse 9, are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Oh, blessed are you. You're not going to believe that supper. If you're blessed enough to be there, Blessed are you. What about this? Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. Blessed is the holy, is he that hath, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. I'm thinking about preaching this message on Easter Sunday. Christians don't die. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such the second death has no coming soon to a pulpit near you (laughs) revelation 22 7 behold i come quickly blessed is he that keepeth the sayings and the prophecy of this book i'm coming i'm coming soon i'm coming soon he says i'm coming blessed blessed are you that keep this book blessed are you makes me want to keep the commandments of this book Revelation 22, verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments. This is the last one we just read it. That they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Look at verse 18 here. Or rather, verse, excuse me, verse 15. For without, for without, just those two words, for without. You know, God's word is so plain. You're either inside or you're outside. You're either saved or you're unsaved. You're either converted or you're not converted. You're either, you're either on the broad road or you're on the narrow road. You know, Jesus doesn't give three, four, five choices, does he? This is pretty simple. He said, but without, for without of the gates, the, verse 14 said, may enter in through the gates, for without are dogs. Dogs meaning those that just rejected the gospel, rejected the blood of Jesus Christ, and said, I don't want that. I reject that. I'll, I'll, I'll work my way to heaven. I'll, I'll do my own thing. Dogs. And sorcerers. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Whoremongers and murderers and idolaters. And whoever loveth and maketh a lie. 
You know, the Bible teaches here, it doesn't really matter what your education is. It doesn't really matter how much money you make. It doesn't really matter, you know, where you live. All that really matters ultimately, eternally, is your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. Verse 15. God uses those very explicit words. Look at verse 16. We're almost done. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the bright and morning star. You know what Jesus is saying here? He is saying, I am the Messiah. You know that song we sing sometimes in worship? Jesus, Messiah, name above all names, blessed redeemer. That song is what that verse is all about. Jesus says, I came. I lived a perfect life. I died. I was, I, I, I rose again from the dead. And Revelation 22, I am coming again. And then verse 17, he gives the final invitation. And the spirit and the bride say, come. The Holy Spirit and the bride, the church, that's us. Say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And then, let him that is a thirst come. Question. Go ahead, brother. You don't have to wait for me. Just when you sit down, start playing. Hey, are you thirsty? Anybody here thirsty? I really don't want to hear you're a member of this church because that don't mean nothing to God. I don't want you to tell me you're a good person. I want to know if you're thirsty. Are you thirsty? Is there something in your spirit right now that is just dry and and empty and you know it? Come. Come. Jesus is coming soon. This may be your last chance to... Come. Come. And then he gives a warning in verse 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in the book. That's serious. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things that are written in this book. Number four. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Your word is coming true. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Your word is coming true. I found a little thing I thought I'd put in the notes and ask you to say it with me this morning as we close. I want you to look on the screen. Can we have the words on the screen? If you can see it, say it with me. If you want to look at your notes, say it. Let's just say these words from our heart. I want you to say it with some passion. Church, Blessed is he that reads the words of this book. Blessed is he that obeys this book. Let's say it together. Ready? Here we go. This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I'm going where it says I will go. God's word is life and breath to my soul. God's word is milk and meat to feed me. God's word is seed to grow my faith. God's word is a path that I can follow. God's word is the light to guide my way. God's word is the rock on which I stand.
When I read God's Word, it brings me joy. When I study God's Word, it gives me wisdom. When I memorize God's Word, it purifies my heart. When I quote God's Word, it defeats my enemies. When I meditate on God's Word, it anchors my life. Say aloud, I am a Bible-believing follower of Jesus Christ. And if you are, if you are, in church, it's time to read and obey the prophecy that we've just studied for the past nine weeks. Please, come. Every head bowed, every eye closed. With heads bowed and eyes closed.